Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I'm Allie Kessler of Cosmo Muse, astrologist and muse of seasonal rhythm. I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne, and I am the founder of Wisdom Anthologies. I am a philosopher, documentarian, and a poet, and I research naturalist systems and So, welcome back to Chaos Part Two with <laughs> Anne and Allie. Um, we decided it was pretty quick after our first episode about chaos. I think it was the day we launched it, or yeah, me the night before we launched it. <laughs> the chaos got real for me and Allie. Um, we called it in. So we've been chatting about it and trying to navigate it, so we decided that there was more to be talked about with chaos. And anyway, we're going to start with we pulled some cards again, as we do, from the same deck, The Knowing, um, that we used last time from um, Sail Grove. So, Allie, do you want to tell them what card you drew for our episode? Yes, I drew Fire. So, uh, mine says, as the yang element of our current collective chaotic transition and evolution fire is associated with creativity action summer and motivation and is the great transmuting force capable of shifting form from one expression into something entirely different fire is cleansing and purifying enlightening and destructive the energy of the fire element is what moves and inspires us and what keeps us on track to our goals and desires when we lose fire, we are apathetic, uninspired, and passive, and when fire has overwhelmed us, we are too aggressive and dominant, unfeeling and detached. When our fire is depleted, we must consciously call it back to us through changes in diet, self-assessment, and re-identification of passion and intent. When it is too high, it is again diet change that may offer harmony, though we may also work to cool our fiery nature through water, conscious surrender, and connection with universal feminine energy. To understand our relationship to fire is to understand our relationship to will. Am I avoiding setting goals and being passive or am I trying to do too much? <laughs> so, yes, to me, the chaos has entered my life and I feel like this is a place of um, where energy sort of dwindles and it's more ether, and I feel like that spark is just super close. I feel like this is actually a good sign to me of like, it's telling me the fire is ready, and I do feel fucking ready for it. Sorry for the stairs. <laughs> oh, explicit. Beep. We missed the actual word, but there's the beep for you. Yeah. Um, 
I won't get too deep into it because it's not mine to tell, but chaos around the exact theme. So in astrology, cancer season is current, which is like the roots of our lives and our security. And it's going through a phase of endings and beginnings. And currently it's still sort of in this ending phase around July 9th, it switches to the beginning. But um, probably for everyone on some level, even if it's not like a big event, there's just a feeling of anchorlessness that I had an experience of <laughs> feeling very unanchored in security and um, dealing with the chaos of that and putting to test my theories on dealing with chaos in that. And it's, I feel like I'm giving myself an A minus with it. It's taking gentleness and patience and surrendering and um, opening to inspiration. So I love getting the fire card. It feels like I'm getting close to that <laughs> breakthrough. Mm. And the fire to me is, is the, the new spark, the new little bang. <laughs> so thank you, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to fire. Calling it in. <laughs> we are so good. Last time. I'm we calling in fire this time. <laughs> Summer is going to be great. Um, <laughs> I'm just counting the days down until July 9th when that there's a switch of like total anchorlessness to like the new baby spark. Oh, damn. Let's get there. Let's get there. July 9th. <laughs> Forget July 4th. Sorry. Um, I'm going July 9th. Um, okay. So I drew Owl and Hawthorne. So another animal plant combination. And will would you look at this? <laughs> Go gentle and slow. Soften your heart and listen. Owls have played a major role in human history across all civilizations and traditions. From the ancient Greeks' belief associating owl with Athena, the goddess of wisdom, to the beliefs of the First Nations peoples of North America, the owl was the warning spirit who would arrive to inform of incidents of great or terrible nature. These things have always been associated with truth, insight, and wisdom, capable of a 360-degree view on any situation occurring. Owl reminds us to become still and silent and take a good look around us at what is really happening, and why don't we do this all the time? Much of the time it is because we carry within us pain and trauma from our past that prevents open-heartedness towards ourselves and a faith-based and open-hearted approach to the happenings of our life. For this kind of wounding, Hawthorne is a master healer. She nourishes and soothes the wounded heart both energetically and physically and encourages us to return to openness even as we may be hurting. Let me attend to my heart and listen. What inner truth am I not paying attention to? So my chaos... <laughs> it's just like, I think uh, the way my chaos has been coming to fruition is not what I normally would have associated with chaos. Like, I think in the past I would have associated, like, so much going on, drama, and this and that, and, you know, can't even stop to catch my breath. Like, that was chaos, and the chaos I am drawing in is continues to be a lot of quiet and solitude and nothing happening. Nothing seems to be happening 
Um, which can feel anchorless. Which can feel, yeah, so it, it brings up those, yeah, anchorless and just a whole lot of existential questions about who am I, what am I doing, does it even matter? Uh, hello, anyone, does anyone even care? You know, so it's just like a lot of that. I'm just like, I am living in this vacuum of like, you know, if a tree falls, does anybody hear it? And I'm like, hmm, yeah, I did stuff today, but did it really happen? Because I, no, I can't talk to anyone about it. So, witnessed it? Yeah, no one witnessed it. So I'm like, what does it even matter? So, this card, actually, the second time I'm reading through this, um, one of the words that st- stood out was insight. Mm-hmm. And this idea of the owl seeing 360 degrees all the way around, I feel like what the chaos is asking of me right now is to look in inward, to find my insight, um, to, uh, yeah, it's do I think what I'm doing matters? You know, am I living up to my full potential? Am I speaking up? Am I, um, am I giving weight to what I'm doing uh, in the same way that I'm able to do with others? But anyway, so it's just uh, this card and the, I don't know, the, I've also been exploring a lot of, psychology around teenage girls which says to me I'm trying to figure out what my roots were as a teenager what they are because they gotta go Uh, (laughs) like so it's witnessing my own you know teenage experience and it's also creating a really lovely set of empathy for me and close friends who have young girls who will Mm -hmm. one day be teenagers and also friends of teenagers like it's just giving me such a great gift to be able to witness them Mm -hmm. and to be their friends and you know I have one girlfriend with two young girls and we always fantasize about you know as their girls grow older how she hopes that if the girls can't come talk to her about something they're you know, worried they're going to get in trouble about or they're not sure how to approach mom and dad that they can come to me and trust me that I can help them approach mom and dad in a way, you know. So I feel like this card that I just drew is this simultaneous just reminding me of to do what I do for others, to do that for myself. Um, And I have a lot of time to do that for myself because it's just me, myself, and I. (laughs) So anyway. And in typical fashion, these themes are playing out oppositely for Anne and I. (laughs) Mine is very outer world chaos Mm -hmm. and hers is a little more inner world chaos. But we tend to always manifest in like the same theme of things, but from different sides of the spectrum <laughs> totally so we're figuring out more and more why we're friends yeah. <laughs> we balance each other out and can help each other navigate the worlds so we're not as yeah. um, literate in but I'll just put out for anyone else whether it's just a sense of feeling chaos without like anything big happening or if something has happened and you're in chaos like the things that I knew about 
chaos as a system or a progression in a cycle I'm practicing and they're working and that's just being very gentle being patient surrender and um, kind of dreaming of you know what what do you actually want sort of like letting go every time you sort of let go of the baggage of the things you think you need or want but feel exhausting every time you can let go of that it's like some new inspiration comes up but it's just it's this spacious time it's this time of like allowing things to organize in ways you can't see and trusting that and that's hard but it's working for me and I think it will work for you <laughs> I, because I'm in such a teenage mindset right now so you're welcome everyone but that's <laughs> making me think of the word you used earlier was this anchorlessness Mm -hmm. and I think that is that teenage time too where it's Mm -hmm. like what do you want to do when you grow up who do you want to be next and you're exploring all of the you know the possibilities so we're back to that idea of possibilities within Mm -hmm. the chaos and I do think it's that teenage time where you're worried like is there am I okay is everything gonna be okay am I gonna find my place where I belong am I gonna and I think going through that as an adult I'll just own up to it I feel like I am going through a second adolescence in a lot of ways and just rerouting myself and who am I questions and I think this time around having some more years of life experience behind me I am trying not to do the impulsive teenage thing but to understand that this is a time to explore the possibilities rather than latching on to what I think look like solutions or Mm -hmm. that will at least stop the craziness that I'm feeling inside like don't reach for those immediate band-aids like stay open to stay open and to just try things and ask myself and if I let this go is it really terrible or if I yeah I think that you know that's a great um step I think in that is like you can imagine letting go of something without letting it go and just see how it feels yeah and And I've been doing that a lot leads you to yeah whether you actually do need to let go whether it's a tangible thing or an attitude or a mentality or an emotion like it doesn't have to be a tangible thing <laughs> right and that's it it's this that it might be <laughs> for some of us it might be a real tangible thing we gotta let go but um I think for me it's all of the above right now there's a lot I'm trying to investigate and play with and keep open uh so it's in a lot of ways, I think the solitude I have is a, is the gift. Um, I have no one else to worry about and take care of, and I know that's such a luxury mm-hmm. as I'm working through the chaos. Like, it's just me I have to worry about. So I know a lot of you don't have that luxury. So I'm trying to honor it and make it sacred and do what I can. But... Um, yeah, I think um, I lost my train of thought, so <laughs> <laughs> that just happened. Uh, but anyway, so I think the uh, what I was talking about with the open possibilities, oh, and just like, I, I don't know, allowing myself to, oh, it was the, the possibilities and the unwindings and the letting go. And this, I just wrote an article that I posted up on our site, iona.co, 
Which is beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Listen and read. <laughs> so I do it within the article, if you want to go look, I do this, what I call an etymological dig. So I, there's a few words with our, our chaos conversation that were sticking with me and resonating that I knew I had to go, like, what are these words about? What do they mean? And one of the words is dissolve. Mm-hmm. And I loved what Which, I found. Sorry, by the way, is a word associated in astrology with the chaos plays is dissolve. So right, and it's very much the physics yeah. definition of what oh, cool. chaos and entropy oh. is. I like that. You know, and and but what I found in this word is what I my favorite piece was this idea of an unlocking. That when things dissolve, you unlock, it's unlocking something. And so I think as I let, I, it was a way to help me sit with my own chaos where things feel like they're dissolving rather than coming together. Like things aren't coming together right now. They're just not. Yeah. And so how do I sit with grace in all of that? And then that idea of the unlocking was just like, oh, I think I, there's some unlocking happening here. There's been some things that have been building up over the decades that, like we talked about last week, have become brittle and fragile and no longer energizing me. So it's just that dissolving is the unlocking is the... Could that be read as like dissolving is creating that space where openness, so open doors that you may not have seen or thought of kind of appear? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that resonates. I I think... um, it's a new perspective. Yeah. You're unlocking a new perspective. Yeah. Of like those doors could have always been open. You just weren't Did looking in that direction. Yeah. And so because of the things that you took on as a teenager and a young adult, you know, those do frame mm-hmm. your experience. And so I think as I'm reframing, you know, and unlocking this new perspective of these things that I've always within me these things I've always done but have been you know either locked them up because they weren't culturally expect or accepted um, within a family culture or the wider um, culture of America for whatever reasons I locked up those things and so to me I feel like it's this great unlocking and and I think it's hard because nothing's happening, so it's hard to trust that these things I'm unlocking are the next step. I, like, I want guarantees that, like, <laughs> is this the right door to unlock? Is this the one? Chaos holds no guarantees. No guarantees. <laughs> and it's just, like, the ultimate centering has to happen at this point. I feel like in this space, and if there's any gift of it, especially for my experience in this round of chaos of my life. The gift of it to me is um, the inquisitiveness of it, that openness of allowing. It's almost like it heals divisiveness in my life and having to be pinned or hemmed into something. Um, So there's a healingness, there's an inquisitiveness, and a sense of meaning even though it's not like this new direction (laughs) it still like feels very meaningful and in a broader sense like very interconnected I don't know that's 
just like the the body feelings I have like well that I, that I love that you bring that in that embodiment way of knowing um and we talked a little bit about this last time but it's like as a person I do live in my head a lot and this is and moving into trusting what my body like my body is telling me day after day after day like you are fine you're just fine and it's my head that tells that you know can get me all worked up over is this the right or the wrong or the what is the am I doing am I repeating old patterns and like I start to question but then it's my body that's always like everything's fine and that maybe that greater meaning yeah is kind of that knowing of that tapping into the unseen. And I don't know, there's this, who said it, it's famous, but it's like it's the idea of like you can't achieve what you can't see. Yeah. And every time I hear that, I, I have an issue with that. Of like, well, how else do you, you have, even if you don't see it, there's another way of seeing. Imagination. Yeah, that imagination. Yeah. And so it's like even if, and I think the body is, I don't know, I'm more and more just exploring that. Like, the body is the imagination. Yeah, I think so. And the body will give it meaning that hasn't been articulated yet. Yeah. And that, that's when you can get into that spaciousness and really surrender and trust it, I do. And I've seen this, even though it hasn't given me, like, concrete answers or that fire spark. Um symbolic and synchronistic things are so prevalent in my life right now it is like I tend to always experience a lot of interesting weird synchronicity but the level it's been on had like makes me question reality <laughs> like if we're in a computer program like it is bananas to me or that we, or that we obviously have been living in a computer program in like this um, synthetic life yeah. mm -hmm. and that I think and watching Allie I love that I get to know the details and <laughs> everything <laughs> she's talking about and to see how she's navigating these unknowns um, and seeing where these phases are and there's no um, hard and fast definition of what the solution is going to be but that just the way she's approaching like and using these symbols that are coming into her life and just trusting that knowing is that's healing for me to see that and to also so it helps me to practice through that in my own life like mm -hmm. don't um don't downplay those symbols that yeah. are coming into your life yeah, because that's something I pay attention to more and more. I sometimes question if I read too much into it, but this cycle has been like, no, this is legit. Like, these symbols mean something, and if you don't pay attention, they will keep showing up, like, repeatedly on skip if you don't pay attention. <laughs> as, as you're saying that, they show up repeatedly, and... The next article I think I want to write and explore is this idea of order mm -hmm. and the way we order things because chaos is associated with disorder. Yeah. And yet, listening to a physicist talk about this, um, his name's Carlo Rovelli. He's an Italian physicist. I have such a crush on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like way too old for me though, but whatever. 
Anyway, he talks about you know disorder and entropy. Really, what he's talking about is the order of time, mm-hmm. and um, he talks about entropy. So it's disorder. So he's like, say you have a whole bucket of balls, and they're all different colors, and he's like, you could—they're all different colors. They're all different sizes. One person might order them according to color. But someone else might look at that and be like, some of the big balls are with the little balls. That's totally disordered. Mm -hmm. And they might want to order it according to size. So in this sense, disorder is a perspective thing, right? Time is perspective. Yeah. Uh, It's different. Time is totally different for me than it is for Allie. Totally. And the way you look at it and the way you experience it. And so this ordering... And I feel like the symbols that you're talking about is another way of ordering and making sense of the world that I, for most of my life, have um, not given any weight or importance to. And I'm starting to see, like, I actually think the way I've been taught to live my life, which is a very linear-looking thing, is actually quite disordered Mm -hmm. and has a lot of fragility to it versus these ways these for at least now like maybe just because we're unfamiliar with them we can't really explain it so to say yeah they're just these symbols that show up repeatedly or at the right moment or and I was like what if this is the order of things like I think I would use the language now like how random or how serendipitous or how like you know what's the chance yeah and yet I'm like, there might actually be some real order to that, to this order. Yeah, I mean, I'll give an example of um, these symbols. And, you know, I'm not a tech person. I don't understand programming, but I know there's the ones and zeros that, and patterns of that. Um, and, it, you know, and letters also can come into play in, in that fashion. And I had this experience where I watched a show. So this doesn't have anything to do with the thing I'm going through, but it was like another moment of like more of the existential crisis thing of like, what is reality? But I watched a show sort of on the nature of reality. And I was holding these broad questions on the nature of reality. And there were maybe three main like figures in this show and I really wanted my husband to watch it because I thought he'd enjoy it so I made him read this article about it to kind of tease him into watching it and so in it it had the names of two of these main three characters and um, at the same time he was watching a different show on TV that was it has like little stories and so it was between stories and so he had sort of paused it between the stories to read this and he's like oh the name of like the full name not just the first name of one of these guys that was in your show was the name of that guy in that was just in that story and then we're like oh that's weird you know synchronicity I don't always think too much of that but it was it started getting me thinking like okay my, maybe my questions are trying to get my attention to not ignore them and so he finishes the article and there's all these little subtexts of like things related to the story and then things my husband and I started talking about and then he unpauses and it goes to the next story and the next story is encompassing these themes and then all of a sudden the main character and it has the full 
first and last name of the other guy in the article. And we were just like, did the record just skip? Did it like jump back? Like that pattern of ones and zeros somehow kind of like triggered and sent it back. So like it really caught my attention of like, okay, the questions I'm holding are real. Like I have to pay attention to that. And it's, it's disturbing sometimes to all of a sudden have a construct you pulled the questions. And so that's like a whole different category of chaos that has been in my life lately. Even though it's just like a question, it's like about what is reality, which this is part of everything. But I think it's right, and we talked about this last time, like things have to get chaotic for us to consider, even consider these other ways of knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think at first it feels like, am I being crazy? Just because it's new. Like, I've never approached life with this way of knowing, yeah. with this way of learning, this way of getting my answers. I've always got my answers from the books or from yeah. this. And all of a sudden, like, chaos where it's like, well, that, things aren't coming together like yeah. they should, prescribed by the books. So it opens you up to these, like, okay, like, there's other ways that the universe tries to get my attention. Yeah. And it's that when you layer a different construct or thought or any simple system on top of another simple system, it's naturally going to go to chaos. Right. And that's scary. So even this just more question I hold about reality and the matrix, Yeah. like it's disturbing to me and it's throwing my mind into chaos around that question because my system construct around reality is being questioned right now. Which then makes you question like your values and morals and what's meaningful and what's not and does it matter anyway. (laughs) Uh, Am I just ones and zeros? Yeah. So why so why don't we all just like move (laughs) to the mountains and live in (laughs) Loyalist? Or can I figure out the programming? (laughs) Yeah, how do we become the boss? Um but that's the other thing, as you were saying that, I was like, here's the thing, though, that's just also, there's people who understand these ways of knowing and are operating this way. And in a way, I'm like, okay, there's all these physicists who yeah. know that time is not linear, and yet our so whole society, and there's reasons, like, you know, things work because we have approximated this linear way yeah. of being, and it's an approximation but anyway, and I'm just like, there's people who know that there yeah. is another way to see this, and our mass culture yeah. is, like, so behind. And that's one thing, you know, because I love watching, I don't read as, um, I mean, Anne is a ferocious reader, and I like reading, but I'll watch more documentaries on physics. Um, and I love the theories, and I love thinking about it, but to experience what felt like a glitch to me mm. is, like, something I can't ignore, like... To hold the idea is one thing, but to experience that glitch that makes you experience what they're saying. Well, I'm more and more. Weird. Yeah, I'm more and more like those glitches. <laughs> I'm more and more with this idea of time, and there really is no past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Wonder if these glitches are even just myself coming back to me and saying, "Hey, yeah. this is a moment to pay attention. Yeah. I'm gonna like line these up for you, and I don't know I'm doing it, you know." But it's like, I like to think that there's like a future Anne who's like my own Bill and Ted, like who's... Well, future Anne's and multiple Anne's on multiple planets. Right. So like... In multiple programs, if it's programs or planets, I don't know. Right. (laughs) We are getting 
super out there. This is fun. I hope you are ready for this. Uh, But, like, yeah, I do. I think, like, what if it is just me in this really holistic way of thinking about time? And what if I'm here to just, like, help myself? And that's, in a way, like, as I've been thinking of, like, investigating my own interiors, it's on that even, like, quantum level. Yeah. Of just, and, and I, in some ways, I think the way I started playing with this is there's a few kind of, like, author, life coach women who I love to listen to, and they've introduced this idea to me of, like, your inner mentor. Oh, I love that. Is, imagine yourself 20 years from now. Yeah. So when you have... A problem or a question you take that problem or that question to her and say what would you do here Mm -hmm. you know rather than going to an outside mentor someone who has not had your experience someone who doesn't have but you go to yourself and you say how did you get to where you are Mm -hmm. when you were in this kind of like crossroads moment how did you deal and I love every time I remember to do that I am so centered and it's like it doesn't matter what anyone else has advised me to do yeah I'm like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do so I, I feel like that's like a really basic fun way to start this idea of like working with my future self mm-hmm. and in a way I'm like what if my future self truly is working with me yeah. like this isn't just a mind game yeah like what if my future self is really planting these seeds of alignment yeah. for me to pay attention so then the question is is can you send some seeds and alignment symbols to your teenage self that you're exploring oh, right now i love yeah. that i am done with what <laughs> i'm doing for the rest of my saturday oh. is taking care of my teenage self and planting oh. seeds oh <laughs> We're both tearing up. We're like, (laughs) it's getting emotional over here, which is so good. Who, um, just out of my own curiosity, do you recall one of the authors that's written about that? Um, Her name is, uh, the first one I heard it from, her name is Tara Moore. I think you sent me an audio book. Tara Moore and her uh, book is called Playing Big. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It was one of the first books I read (laughs) that I was embarrassed that I was reading this like life coach, self-help, like go get them book. I was like, I normally read (laughs) physics and biology books and here I am reading this fluff. (laughs) And then I was like, god damn, the fluff's pretty good. Um, So... I'll Make link to it. for all of it. Yeah. yeah I'm like, oh. everywhere. It's the go gentle and soft. Yeah. And my inner mentor, she's great. I mean, she calls me out on bullshit, but she's also like, you know, exactly, you know, she's there to read, like, you got this. You're going to be fine. If anything, her number one advice to me, honestly, is to go slow and gentle. Mm. To just like, you're fine. Just... Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Don't rush to make something happen. So she's pretty great. So yeah, I'm gonna visit my teenage self. That's gonna. I've never tried this. I'll report <laughs> back to you. Sometimes I'm like kind of starting to weird myself yourself. out, which is probably a good place to start. If you're not weirding yourself out, you're not learning. Yeah. <laughs> um. I feel like this 
might be a good place to dive into a secondary topic that we were we sort of just happened into in a deep conversation before we we had a two hour pre conversation. <laughs> so um, this is still it, obviously. Yeah, we kind of as we got into it realized that this might be the how to with chaos. Um, how to find center, how to... Or even just like a symbol that kind of came through this chaos that feels mm. important. Yeah, do you want to introduce? So, I don't even know like... the. I mean, I know the general story of Shakti and Shiva. I'm glad I got those names right. I keep messing them up. <laughs> She's very practicing. Um, but just the symbology of who they are we started getting into and talking about witnessing and being witnessed and masculine and feminine. And there were kind of like these four elements, just like really like getting down to just like the basic elementals of like that feminine energy, the Shakti having a dance and allowing it to be witnessed and Shiva having the masculine energy witnessing and giving authority to what's witnessed, sort of that mountain energy and the water energy. I don't know, maybe I'm getting that sort of wrong, <laughs> but, but we started exploring that in our own makeups and our own um, relationship to each of those, like who is our Shakti, who is our Shiva, how are we witnessed and how are we witnessing? And breaking those four things down was so, and we again have very opposite <laughs> energy with this. We're going to help each other find <laughs> the balance because I'm good at one and Allie's good at the other. But through talking about it, we also recognize that the more you understand and uncover and um, embrace these four things, the male and the female and the witnessing and the witness, the more discerning you can get about what you witness, who you let witness you, what your dance is, and what you're willing to witness. Yeah. And that, isn't that just like it? Yeah, we decided <laughs> this is it. it. So we solved world problems today. <laughs> you're all healed. Um, but no, I think that that word discernment is key to throw in here, like that everything hinges on that discernment. Because I think... All of us have experienced um, feeling like we're, we're doing something we've been called to do or doing something that looks like something we're, that resonates with us, but you leave feeling drained or you leave mm -hmm. feeling burned or you leave feeling... And so it's that adding in that element of discernment. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, um, witnessing or being witnessed can be quite... Harmful. And I, it's hard to discern when you don't understand why you have a certain dance or what it is or what you're watching. So it is, I feel like it's like getting to those elementals mm -hmm. of understanding what they are to know how to discern what that is. That's true. Allie and I have just today <laughs> just figured it out identified for ourselves. <laughs> Where our glitches are with that. Yeah, so, I mean, in that sense, too, it's we've had a teenage approach where we've been trying it on in different yeah. ways with different people in different situations, and, and like, rubber isn't meeting the road yet, and so I think us identifying this is, like, of course, first step to, like, now let's 
rather than throwing out baby with the bathwater and say this isn't working and what is this about me that isn't working in the world and resonating in the world it's like oh now we see it and are just beginning to understand it and now we can apply some discernment to it you know and see what kind of movement that gives us but um but I feel like it's very opposite and the more you explore it it's almost like they're opposite sides of the same coin like what you're dancing and what you're being witnessed for are kind of the same things you're willing to witness and uh, then give authority to or yeah I mean and I can give I can give mine as a specific example so for instance like you know as we were talking I was like I'm really good at the witnessing side I'm really good at seeing what people are doing seeing the meaning in it beyond what even they can see themselves and I can see how what they're doing how it matters in the world how it's connecting people how it's part of a bigger um, system that's making really important changes or transformations I mean I love meeting people and they think what they're doing is ordinary and not meaningful and I can you know in 10 minutes be like this is why what you're doing matters and it's bigger than you think Mm -hmm. I love doing that for people and I've done it in every job I've ever had like yeah you know my company or you know founders or whoever come to me and say we have this idea and then I elevate it to where it yeah. needs to be in this kind of global connection like you are here to play a role yeah. and this is it and I can articulate that to and a broad community I can and back I, that up and it makes you feel seen yeah. <laughs> for sure uh, it's my favorite thing to do <laughs> is to see people like yeah. and that's why I think I love I have a lot of one-on-one friendships because it allows me to really see someone if I get too many people in the room I can't see everyone and that makes me anxious mm-hmm. I want to be able to see you. And so that's part of my introvertness. I'm a social introvert in that I love to talk and uh, be with people, but no more than three at a time because I can't see more than three people at a time. So yeah, so thank you. I am, that's my strength. I can see you and I love to do it. And the reverse of that is um, I'm not good at being seen. Um, I'm that... I feel like you know your dance, but you don't know how I know my dance. Scene. Yeah, I know my dance. And so you really just got one part of it to heal. <laughs> I feel like I'm healing. Oh, Ellie, you think you know your dance. You know your dance. Or you know... We'll get into we'll that. We'll get into it, yeah. But like, yeah, so I don't... I get really embarrassed when the spotlight's put on me, which, side note, I'm... Allie knows for whatever reasons I'm entering a Leo phase in my life which is like all about the spotlight so it's been interesting to I'm tiptoeing into letting people see me in all sorts of ways I feel like um, you're okay with the spotlight but you put, uh, you use other people's words or you still you still give it away <laughs> while you're in it so it's like true. being in the spotlight for your things you're so right. I am. <laughs> that is. I'm being called to task here. This is good. No, this is good. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. So it's like I do know my dance. And what's interesting, I'm gonna just say this off the cuff as it's coming to me. Allie and I haven't even talked about this, but something. And don't worry, Allie, it's about me. Um, <laughs> I work currently work in academia, not as an academic, but within academia and. 
uh, I can't seem to get away from academia. And there's a part of me that keeps looking at this position as like a temporary and a transition. But also in my heart of hearts, like I have real desires to transform academia mm. fundamentally. Like I would love if that was like, so it's this whole conversation is helping me. Like I, like how to be seen within this academic yeah. construct and I know I can do it. And I feel like a, a previous Anne, previous to today Anne would have looked for the first door out of this position yeah and and then found myself in yet another form of it somewhere else you know just, and then and then ran away and then found another form of it so i don't know this is helping me to be like i have a dance within this construct yeah because it's the same lesson like you're not like you're good at talking about your ideas but like being seen for your work and actually like yeah, classic woman of the century. So if they're not seeing yeah. you, it's probably because you're not allowing yourself to be seen. Yeah. So you'll move on to the next one, but then the same thing. Oh happens. yeah, I'm the classic woman who will tell you know <laughs> someone will you know tell me I'm doing a good job, and I'm like, we did it together. <laughs> or, or I won't even put my idea out there. I'll let someone else talk first. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, there's so many ideas. There's so many good ideas. We don't always have to do mine. But now I'm like, maybe we always have to do mine. <laughs> but also, like, to get back to your dance. Yeah. And she, she, Shakti. Shakti dances for Shiva. They're, they're, they're a couple. <laughs> so um, we talked about this, that, that what you how you witness and what you witness is part of your dance too and allowing that to be seen and just by talking about it you kind of did that your amazingness at seeing and seeing the bigger pit like helping people right yeah so they're one and the same and now it's just it's like the same coin yeah so it's not like i have to change anything it's just like (laughs) allow it imagine that like just surrender (laughs) and allow it to happen and and what we were talking about earlier for me is like it is in every area of my life right now about having the confidence to to do my dance. Yeah. Um, and to be good at what I'm good at. And and then to turn off the voices on the outside. I'm like, not everybody loves my like you know, it's almost like, you know, the kids who get embarrassed watching their parents dance. You know, <laughs> I'm like, not everybody exactly. likes my dance. And some I'm people, raising my head. Yeah. Some people are really worried about my dance. Like, is she going to be okay? I'm not, I'm not raising my hand now. I'm raising my hand to my parents dancing. Oh, yeah. It's really right? so it's like, terrifying. So it's to this idea of witness and who you let witness yeah. you. And even if there are some people who are witnessing you, and they don't like what they see, it's like, at the end of the day, it's that discernment of just being able to parse that out, like, but yeah, so then on the other coin, Allie, do you yeah. want to speak a little bit more to, like, what? Like, I am, like, I am okay being witnessed and witnessing, but I have a hard time understanding what my dance is, or seeing my authority of what I've witnessed to give that stability and authority and something away to someone else because I don't feel like I have it to give you know Mm -hmm. so it's sort of healing 
those two things. And it's funny because what I've been drawn into lately is working with this breath work where I'm supposed to step into the role of the witness. And it is sort of like, I don't know. It, I, and also like astrology readings, one-on-one -on -one readings. So like I'm pushing myself to witness, but I still struggle to honor that that's important that I've witnessed, you yeah. know, and being able to maybe give people what they need from what I've witnessed. So. I think it's hard to, in that sense, as you're saying that, I'm like, I get that it's hard to be like, all I did was just watch you. You did the work. Yeah. This is you. You're doing it and yeah. you've got to do the work. I just like did the easy thing of seeing it. Yeah. But when you, I think, sort of relay back what you witnessed, that's the thing that makes people feel and like they have been witnessed so I yeah that it does matter and people I'm pushing to be it with that now I'm understanding what that is and why that is and where it's coming from and then on the other side like I usually feel okay in most circumstances being witnessed but I'm just understanding what my dance is so now I'm starting to get more discernment about like oh maybe not everyone needs to witness what what my dance is <laughs> Allie and I live in an alternate universe. Um, so, there, yeah, I mean, it's different. I'm definitely more connected to the Shakti side, but I haven't understood my Shakti, but I've been in her. <laughs> so I'm getting, you know, like, it's interesting distilling that down and using those archetypes as a platform to sort of understand the work you are probably attracted to because you know on an elemental level that it's going to bring you balance but you don't know why you're pushing there and right and so <laughs> yeah so that's what we've decided is this is the key to healing and moving through yeah. the chaos is just if you can figure out yeah. what those are for you and how to yeah and I can say just in the last month I think I've started to understand my dance better and I think you can be witnessed and witness things that aren't your dance and aren't your archetypes, but when you really understand your dance or your witness, yeah. um, it means something totally different. Because now I get my dance and I'm mm. allowing it to be witnessed in ways I never had, mm. even in the last month. And it, it's changed, yeah, like now I, I feel a much more weightedness to that dance so much more importance to that dance it's not as yeah watch me dance like right now like you get to watch that and you get to watch that all these people don't get to watch that like you have to have a resonance with my dance yeah and now I know that and now I know what it is the way it's resonating and you right know. well I think that's the lovely thing about aging and yeah as you've tried things out and you start to kind of put all of the data together mm -hmm. like you know I this I really loved this resonated this not with this person yeah. or so it's like oh man you do kind of have to go through it just like you have to go through an adolescence of trying it on and in and different it's not contexts about, like that discernment isn't about I don't want to say someone doesn't deserve to see my dance it's just not the right person like there's no right. point in this dance being seen by this person or for me to witness that person's dance it's not about like they're lesser or they're not good enough or I don't like them it's just it's a resonance thing 
Right. And I think there will still forever just be moments when you, when the discernment isn't totally there, but almost as a reminder to yeah. be discerning. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, remember? <laughs> like, because I think sometimes you do you get in your flow and you're like, this is what I do and I'm yeah. doing this all the time and with everyone and for everyone. And then all of a sudden you hit someone who like, maybe it's not going to land with them. And you're like, oh yeah, remember yeah. Like, just be careful. Not, totally. Not cautious, but be careful. But now, like, just, yeah, honestly, the last 30 days, I know what it means to be witness for my right dance. And mm-hmm. so that's, like, that is such a different thing. And I'm about to dive off into letting people watch me do what I'm good at. <laughs> and it's scaring the hell out of me. Yeah. I'm, like, feeling it. That's, okay, today I'm visiting my teenager. Tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to, like, sit with, okay, can't, like, how to start letting people see me. Yeah. I think my biggest one is how to give importance to what I witness. Mm. You know, I don't know how to do that. Without feeling, because I think often people do that. And you feel like it's patronizing. Yeah. I think learning how to witness without being patronizing. Like, hey, good job. You're so amazing. Like, that has taken practice on my part. Yeah. To also, like, I don't... If people don't have meaning, if, but I can see, I don't pretend to give it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody has meaning, but I don't get it for everybody. Yeah. So it's about being careful with, like, you don't have to witness everybody. No, but I see more meaning than I give because I don't feel like it's my place to give it. Yeah. So I need to, like, work on that. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just thinking, like, personally, in the past even five hours, like, a moment where, yeah, like, where you give someone a witness moment and just the joy that comes from that when they, when you know they're seen is... Like, I love that. Well, and I think now having experienced that in a very deep, authentic way, mm. being witnessed in a way I never have, yeah. I think I maybe can use that as fuel to help me yeah. I'm know the importance of what that means for yeah. others. I think, too, it's like some people aren't ready to be seen. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced that where I can see them and I let them know that I see them and it's overwhelming and that's probably the resonance thing that's probably you know the cycles of what and who you attract into your life is on the mm-hmm. same level of what you're willing to show and see man that's and I think huge. mine just yeah. deepened the level yeah that's that's uh that's really that's an aha moment for me like the people I really um simplified my life a lot lately especially socially and I'm realizing it is it's down to the people who let me see them mm. and who don't get overwhelmed because when I yeah. see people I love my people yeah. and I want to tell them all the time yeah you know and I've realized the people and I love every I love mm. most people which has been a problem because I see them real quick yeah See, and I don't think I, I've, I've let, even though I'm good at being witnessed, I've let a surface part of me be witnessed, and um, because now I understand my dance, and it's not a dance, it's a different dance than those people. We're doing the Elaine <laughs> over here. We're doing the Elaine dance. I have an Elaine dance, yeah. so you got to be real yeah. special yeah. to what you see. 
to let you witness that. I know when we say dance, you want to think something graceful and lovely, but we're doing the Elaine over here. No, but like, yeah, like I'm more deeply understanding my dance, and it is not a traditional dance. So Same. I am yeah. a more deeply understanding the importance of letting it be seen and dancing it, but also the discernment that it's not going to resonate with a ton of... Mm-hmm. Well, it probably will resonate with more people than I think, yeah. um, but but it's not a traditional dance, for sure. I That's interesting. Like, I'm wondering the idea of tradition. Like, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I think my dance... with the culture that I grew up in what my dance is is not seen as feminine yeah and so I think which is what I was the only thing I was supposed to be was feminine (laughs) so but like somehow I wasn't it wasn't lining up with the culture I was brought up in and so I think that you know what does the dance look like is it a traditional you know does it I don't I'm just like I I think actually what my dance is is more of a ancient feminine mm. um, and I, I want to investigate that more yeah. for that idea of like yeah what does even you know is your dance pushing against cultural norms yeah. is it and, <laughs> and looking at those dynamics because and and I think like oh I yeah like finding your the people who who see it and see the beauty in it and yeah. who get it and who don't have and who don't try to mimic it either like it's yeah. not like this tribal thing where everyone's doing the same dance it's I like everyone's like, allowed to do their own yeah i feel like i gave to surface of a level of their story like people might be confused at like what the dance like, oh you yeah okay have a much better grasp we'll back up that. we'll maybe type this out somewhere too so shiva <laughs> and shakti are a couple in the Hindu tradition, um, they are like the couple. Uh, who's Zeus's wife? Is it Athena? Uh, Hera. Hera. See, I'm bad with Greek mythology. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Hindu, Shiva and Shakti are a couple. And just, I mean, there's a lot that they both symbolize um, with femi- feminine and masculine. So Shiva, the masculine. Um, Shakti, the feminine. And there's lots of really beautiful stories about Shakti dancing for Shiva. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe we'll post something on this yeah, side we'll post about their story. Yeah. yeah. Can kind of help people who are totally lost on what we're talking That's about. That's true. <laughs> 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 so, but also this idea, too, of, right, that the fem- like, it's not about men and women, but it's about embodying. Yeah, everyone has. It's about embodying both. that balance of both. Feminine and masculine, so in this sense, what we're talking about, it's embodying the person who's watching the dance yeah. and seeing the beauty in it and just allowing yourself to be moved by yeah. it. I think a lot of times we don't And allow sort of reflecting that back as meaningful. And reflecting it, yes. And like... And that holding this is, space for it. And that this yeah. is part of the bond, even. Yeah. Like, this is like... That you see someone and just loving them and seeing what they're doing yeah. is enough. and it's a holiness space that's out of absolute um, cherishing. And there's like no, you know, that witnessing yeah. <laughs> in our society is really gross right now. Like, yeah. but this is about 
witnessing someone's essence and their beauty and in a very like pure um cherished way right know? which is also quite sensual too. which is sensual too yeah so i don't want to get anyone yeah when i say pure word. i don't mean like puritan but right like, <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry that word is also i know I'm lexicon, want you all to make sure that we're okay with the sensuality yeah no it is sensual but yeah um, so it's that within yourself that but it's not um yeah perverse right and i think what is hard about being in our culture or weighted of like um perverse or authoritarian right yeah the oppressing kind the oppressing of yeah and it's more and i think what's hard for us even harder in our culture because of these um the misuse of being a witness i think it's hard to be seen i think it's harder for people yeah. to be seen more than anything yeah because that's really because it up, feels right? like yeah, it feels like people can misuse it and abuse yeah. it and trample on it. And it's like this idea of being vulnerable and being seen is not just... I think we're, we're really good at being seen for our and wounds. The, you know, the masculine side has this entitlement that yeah. they're entitled to witness anything. Right. And we're really shifting that now, which is cool to see. Yeah. So, and I think that being seen is... Um, what did I say? No one's entitled to witness you. Right. But it's that, um, oh yeah, we're really good at being seen for our wounds. Yeah. You know, like everything's, yeah. you know, pathologized and I'm really, I'm an open book and I'll tell you, you know, about my childhood and my teenagerdom and what was wrong with it. I'm really bad at letting people see what I'm good at. And like doing my dance, like doing the beautiful yeah. thing. Like it's easier or, for me to see to or show you people. Wear a mask. Yeah. With this selfie and screen culture. Yeah. Oppositely, it's either really good at showing your wound or really good at wearing a mask. But that authentic. Yeah. Scene for you and your yeah. beauty and your unique thing that no one else can accomplish because your own right like, that's really hard, hard. To show. right I, don't, I think you know we have this false sense of what humility is in our culture mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. that's really taken over and people don't want quote-unquote the spotlight and oh what I did wasn't such a big deal and yeah I'm kind of over that like really over it especially because <laughs> it affects a lot of my art projects that people won't be seen so that's my challenge to all of you to to see people in an authentic way and to let ourselves be seen. Yeah, and through that practice, you start, I mean, this is where I am starting to see the appropriate resonances of that, showing that deep authenticity. Yeah, this work really does, as we're talking about, and like this does, this authenticity that we're talking about feels like the anchor that we actually yeah, need to totally. move through all of this. Yeah, but... Yeah, in terms of, for me right now, symbols that are coming through, that was today. Those were the symbols for me that I'm sort of like, whoa. Yeah. Those are bringing a lot of meaning to my life in this moment, so. Yeah, same. So hopefully it resonates with all of you. Yeah. Good luck if with the chaos. If you're feeling chaos and whatnot, <laughs> look for those beautiful things of symbols and dissolving or unlocking and openness and gentleness and... And here's to July 9th. Yeah, here's to July 9th. <laughs> All, right. All right, we'll be back soon. 
Thanks for joining us on our Iona podcast. If you are listening to this on the Anchor platform, there is a voice message button you can press to leave us a message up to one minute long, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Thoughts, questions, things that you think would be fun to sort of add in, um, or even just musings about other themes that you think would be fun for us to explore. Um, If you have something more in-depth to leave, you can use our contact form on our website. Ionaa.co is the website. And um, if these things sort of align with where we end up going in next episodes, uh, we will be sure to integrate them. Thank you.